everyone and welcome to the first episode of the We're Spinning Plates podcast. I'm Kira, And I'm Em. And we are so excited to finally be getting started with this project because we've been talking about it and getting excited about this for such a long time. I think we've been talking about starting a podcast for almost a year now and we've just been putting it off and waiting for the right time but there is no time like the present so just to give a little bit of context to the name We're Spinning Plates we had a lot of conversations about what the title of our podcast was going to be and we decided that the thing that unites us both the most is that we like to tackle a lot of creative projects at once we like to spin a lot of plates (laughs) Definitely. I feel like we're both such busy people. And so when it came to choosing a name for this podcast, that just seemed like the thing that fit us and kind of just like tied us up in the neatest bow, I think. 100%. I just think spinning plates is so, so us. And our gorgeous logo was designed by Kirsten Davis, who is a friend of mine. She is also such a talented artist. And we gave her a very rough sketch of what we wanted the logo (laughs) to be. And she just kind of took it from our brains. She just saw our vision and made this logo that I absolutely adore. It is the most wonderful piece of artwork. I absolutely love it. And thank God for Kirsten because neither (laughs) of us are artists at all. We gave her what was a very shoddily drawn stick figure (laughs) mock-up essentially and she turned it into something beautiful. So a big, big thank you to her. And if you do want to check her out, we will leave her details in the description. She has such an amazing shop full of really great products. So definitely recommend checking her out. So now that we've introduced the podcast, I thought it would be good to just give you a little bit of an overview about who we are, just in case you have no idea who we are and you just stumbled across this podcast (laughs) out of nowhere. So to start off, I'm Kira. I am 23 years old and I am from Leeds. I am an English literature graduate. I studied English literature. That's a mouthful. English literature at (laughs) the University of Leeds. Um, And then since graduating a couple of years ago, I have been working in the marketing industry in a variety of different jobs all to do with digital marketing which I absolutely love. Aside from work though this is a podcast about people who like to spin plates so I do have a full-time job but I also have a YouTube channel where I love to talk about things like books, yoga and vegan food, basically all of my favourite things. I'm also a qualified yoga teacher so I teach yoga classes at studios and gyms when we're not in lockdown and online when we are in lockdown Um, and then I very recently started a second YouTube channel which is all about teaching yoga so that is a like free online yoga class platform basically and I absolutely love it I'm super busy and on the very rare occasions where I'm not doing one of those things I usually am found with a book in one hand and a cup of tea in the other and I'm Em, I'm the other half of the We're Spinning Plates podcast. I am 22 and I live in York, which is just a little drive away from Kira. York is a beautiful city in England and I moved here about a year ago after graduating from the University of Leeds. It's so weird that we both went to the University of Leeds, but that's not where we met. And I studied geography, which is very, very different from my career and all of my hobbies. I am a marketing assistant for a charity full-time, which is a job that I just find so fulfilling and I absolutely love. And in my spare time, I am an author. My first book came out last year, it was called Mine, and I just really enjoyed the fiction writing process and the publishing process, and so I am currently writing a lot more fiction, hopefully which will be put out there in the future. I also have a YouTube channel like Kira, and that is about books and writing and just life in general, life in your 20s, and so I really enjoy making content for that. And then I also have now this podcast, which is the next plate that I'm going to spin. (laughs) 
<laughs> so many plates I can't believe that we're actually managing it all but I am literally so excited to be adding this particular plate into the mix I'm so excited about this podcast I wonder how quickly we'll overuse that analogy <laughs> I know it will be like we need to like, stop saying plate <laughs> take a shot every time you say spinning plates <laughs> So we thought we'd now move on to just giving a little rundown of what the podcast is going to be about and how we're going to run it. So there's going to be three main sections to the podcast. The first one will be a weekly roundup where we just talk through the week, what we've been loving, what we've been doing, who has been inspiring us that week. And then we will move on to a middle section, which will be based on a theme of the week. Do you want to talk about this this week's theme of the week? Yes, so every single week I think this middle theme, the main topic of the episode, is going to be the bit where we really delve into the theme of spinning plates because we're going to be talking about all of the things that make up kind of life in your 20s, being a busy person, working with side hustles, having creative side projects and passions, turning those passions into sources of income and all of that kind of stuff. So this week we're going to be talking about the theme of productivity in lockdown because for anyone that doesn't know, England is currently in another the national lockdown and I think that this is a really really interesting topic that we'll be delving into in just a moment and then the final section of the episodes is one that I think is going to be really really fun I know Em's definitely excited about it so do you want to talk about it? (laughs) I'm literally such a nosy person so this last section is my dream section to a podcast we are having an agony ant section here in this podcast we actually put a plea on Instagram out a couple of weeks back asking very vaguely for some agony ant questions and the ones we got were so juicy and so interesting and so we're just going to be answering some burning questions dilemmas anything you want us to answer we're going to answer in that last section and I am so hyped to just start delving into people's dilemmas Literally, I am also a really nosy person. Like, from since I was a child, I've always just been such a nosy person. My mum would have to tell me to stop, like, staring and looking at people on the bus when I was younger because I just always want to know what's going on in everyone else's life. So this is perfect because it is kind of, like, voluntary nosiness because people have offered up their problems and then we get the chance to try and help you solve them. It's so funny that you say that because I vividly remember my mum telling me that too. Like, when I started high school, I remember... I remember her telling me that I needed to stop staring at people because it was gonna get me punched. <laughs> yeah, like people were gonna become aggressive because of my staring. <laughs> and I can vouch in this section that Kira is the most capable Agony Ann. It is a running joke between us that I go to her with every problem in my life, so I have the utmost faith that she will do a good job of this. I can't vouch for myself, but I will give it my best shot. <laughs> I think you'll be pretty good as well. <laughs> I think I can offer advice. I'm not. I'm not sure it'll be the right advice. <laughs> Yeah, probably should disclaim that we are in no way qualified to give this advice, but we'll give it our best shot. (laughs) So that is how the podcast is going to work. And now we'll move on to our first section, the roundup. So as I mentioned a moment ago, England is currently in lockdown. So I feel like that's kind of going to frame both of our weeks because (laughs) you are definitely limited in what you can do in a week where you pretty much have to stay at home most of the time. But I actually did end up filling my week with a lot more than I anticipated because I was on an online yoga teacher training course. I did say earlier that I am a fully qualified yoga teacher, but I decided to do an extra like supplementary training in a different style of yoga just to top up my knowledge and kind of explore a different area Um, and in all honesty um, I didn't like it. (laughs) 
Um, it was a bit of a challenge and I knew it was going to be a challenge going into it because it was a style of yoga that is essentially the opposite of what I choose to practice. I like to practice quite like fast-paced, dynamic, powerful vinyasa flow classes um, and this was yin yoga which is basically like really slow and you stay in the poses for like three to five minutes and I was like, yeah, it'll be a good challenge, try something new. Turns out it just isn't necessarily for me. So it was a good challenge and good to learn something new, but it did feel like a long week because I was doing something all day every day that I wasn't as excited about as I'd hoped. But either way, I guess it was a good experience and now I know that that's maybe not the style of yoga for me. <laughs> um, and then aside from that, what else have I been doing this week? I have been eating a lot of pesto pasta. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something really interesting then. I was hyped, but pesto pasta is a little bit basic. I mean, yeah, in a way it's a little bit basic, but also it's just one of those things that's like the the small joys in life. Pesto pasta. I mean, pasta in general is one of my personal favourite things ever, but I've been really loving a particular vegan pesto from Wicked Kitchen. It's the black olive pesto. Is <laughs> you can't see us, but <laughs> we can see each other, and I just made a horrified face at the mention of it olives. Is. Oh, honestly, it's so good, and I have had that. I tell you, no lie, six times out of the last seven days. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's been pretty much my week: pesto, pasta, and yoga, lots and lots of yoga. Lots and lots of pasta, basically. <laughs> My week has been actually a really good week, not to just <laughs> diss the fact that you said you didn't like your yoga. Um, but it has been, I am very recent to my job. I started a month ago, just a little over a month ago. And this has been the first week where I feel like I've really delved in and had a lot of tasks. And I just, I just love it. I just find it, as I said, so fulfilling. So really getting stuck into the job this week. I've been taking a lot of walks around York, which are just so beautiful. I love walking past the river and the Minster. And it's just a great way to either start or finish my work day. And I've really been enjoying that. And then this weekend, I have been working on a really exciting video collab. So that has taken up most of my weekend. I did pause last night to do a make your own pizza competition with my friend, but, and just to clarify, social bubble friend. And then I got back on with filming my collab today and editing that. And it's just been a really great week. Like I just, I feel like I've really eased well into this lockdown as opposed to the first lockdown. So it's been a good week, it's been a good week. And in terms of things we've been loving, to just move straight onto that, uh, Kira has not been loving her yoga, but hopefully she'll think of something to say. I think in terms of what I've been loving, let me just have a think. I feel like I've really been loving Gogglebox this week. That's a definite one for Love me. It. When it gets to 9pm on a Friday, I sit back with a glass of wine and it just totally refreshes me from the week that I've just had ready for the weekend. Absolutely love Gogglebox. <laughs> it is such a good show. It's like so simple, but I absolutely love it. It's great. <laughs> Who's your favourite? Oh, that's so difficult. If I had to say, I'd probably say Giles and Mary. <laughs> Classic. Icons, icons. <laughs> Absolute icons, but there are so many good ones. Probably shout out to uh, Ellie and Izzy because they're from Leeds. Oh yeah, Leeds Ellie Leeds. and Izzy. <laughs> when they're sat there talking about food, I just relate so much. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of Jenny and Lee. I'm a big fan of Mary oh, and Marina. Yeah. I just love them all. Gogglebox has been taking over my life. <laughs> and then I've also been reading a lot of good books this week. I read From the Corner of the Oval Office by Beck Dory Stein, which is 
a memoir of Bette Dory Stein, who was the stenographer, <laughs> I hope I've said that right, for Obama's White House. So it goes through the four years she was in, she was working for the Obama White House in his second term. So it is about her time in the White, Hi- White House, all the people that she met, the scandals that went on in the inner politics, and just a story of a young woman kind of blossoming and I really enjoyed it it was so it was such a narrative piece of non-fiction definitely if you're looking to break into non-fiction that is something I would highly recommend so I have been loving that this week what have you been loving I have been loving Made in Chelsea I love 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 Made in Chelsea it's been a long time love of mine but (laughs) the new season is currently airing on tv and I absolutely love it there's so much drama which is obviously exciting and wonderful I'm not caught up, but the Sam and Zara drama, and then also the Tristan and, oh, what's her name? Liv and slash Verity. Verity. All of that drama, living for it. It's like a a web of drama, and it's so exciting to watch. I had a terrible instance of technical difficulties the other day where it stopped working midway through this week's episode on 4OD, and I was, like, freaking out because I've not been able to catch up yet, but um, absolutely loving it. And what has been keeping me going as well is the fact that I think YouTube has cottoned on to my obsession, and so I keep getting suggested these videos that are essentially like the top 20 most dramatic (laughs) moments from season 15 of Made in Chelsea and I'm here for it it's so hilarious I love that I I feel like it's so easy to get into the YouTube wormhole I find myself watching like the best Elena and Damon kisses from the Vampire Diaries (laughs) even though the Vampire Diaries is something I watched absolutely years ago but you do watch it because you you want to know if you can kind of predict (laughs) the top moments yeah or if their top moments like align with your top moments it's so exciting and then when I haven't been watching um, trashy tv I have also been doing a little bit of reading and I actually just finished a book which was Vicious by V.E. Schwab this has been on my TBR for a really long time and it's been highly recommended to me and I can definitely see why because I really enjoyed it it was like a I'd probably describe it as like a paranormal dark academia with elements of Pet Cemetery by Stephen King, elements of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, and also, if anyone has seen the TV show from years and years ago called Heroes. I don't um, think I did see that, you know. Essentially, Heroes was all about these people who suddenly developed, like, a specific, like, superpower. So there was a girl who could, like, she couldn't get injured like she could heal from everything there's a guy who could like time travel and there's like a guy who could fly all that kind of stuff but then they kind of had this it was a post-apocalyptic or an apocalyptic type thing (laughs) where they had to kind of use their powers to save the world and there was a villain as well so in the book I've gone on such a tangent there but in the book there is these two college students who are really clever and they're doing a thesis on the topic of extraordinaries and those are people who have had near-death experiences and following those experiences have then developed some kind of power and they kind of do an experiment on themselves to try and figure out if that's how it works and then they develop powers but that causes a big rift in their relationship Um, and then it's told from two timelines so you have the one where they're at college doing these experiments and then one in the future where they're kind of dealing with vengeful feeling feelings towards each other so it's very dramatic the only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that it is a duology so the second book is called vengeful um and I don't necessarily think that it needed a second Mm, book I feel like it's one of them ones where it's a popular author and therefore I think that the publishing company is like right you've got to write two books because there's just no way that they, like they knew it would sell so that they have to kind of draw it out because that makes maximum money um and I don't think it was necessary but aside from that it was really good 
I feel like that was the exact same with the Serpent and Dove trilogy by Shelby Mihorin. It should have been a duology and they've signed on for a third book and it just does not need it. But I'm so glad to hear that you've had some things that you've been loving this week, even if you didn't really enjoy the yoga. I've read Adi LaRue by V.E. Schwab and I absolutely love it. I adore her writing. So it's good. I haven't read that one, but I do want to get to it. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. Yeah, and I'm also very excited to read Adi LaRue, which you have very kindly lent me and I'm going to be reading very soon. (laughs) Maybe it'll be in next week's roundup. Maybe it will. (laughs) So without further ado, I think that wraps up everything that we've had going on this week. So let's jump into our topic of the week. Okay, so jumping straight into our very first theme of the week, as we've mentioned today, we're talking about lockdown productivity. I feel like this is something that basically a lot of us had to confront this year in the first lockdown that we experienced in March. At least here in the UK, we had a full national lockdown from March until about June time when restrictions started to get lifted. And then now here in England, we are back in a national lockdown again, which is supposed to last throughout November and in to the beginning of December and I think that experience of being forced to stay at home and not do many of the other things that you might distract yourself with kind of allowed a lot of people to deal with I guess the thought of productivity because suddenly a lot of the things that you maybe would have been using to stay productive were taken away from you but it also gave people what at first seemed like a really great opportunity to get productive with other more creative and fun things to do but I think for some people that also turned into a source of negativity because suddenly on social media everyone was starting a new side hustle people were creating brand new businesses and launching loads of things and suddenly your day-to-day day getting out of bed eating three meals and maybe going for a walk just to try and stay on top of your mental health just didn't seem good enough anymore and I feel like that was kind of a thing that we all had to confront this year definitely social media was I think at times quite toxic during lockdown I remember starting out the first lockdown approaching I remember knowing it was coming I think we all knew in the UK that it was coming I remember getting loads of books in that I wanted to read and I'm quite lucky in that all of my hobbies, aside from going out for walks and seeing my friends. A lot of my hobbies are quite introverted. They are things that I do indoors anyway. So writing, reading, making content. And so I saw it as a real opportunity. I was so not excited because it was a really intense and stressful time when we went into lockdown, but I did see it as an opportunity. And then as soon as we got into that lockdown, my productivity just spiraled and I wasn't writing. Everyone was texting me saying, you must be writing so much. And in fact, for that first couple of months of lockdown I just couldn't be productive I wasn't writing I wasn't making as much content as I assumed that I would be I struggled to concentrate on reading and was just faced with this intense comparison on social media because everybody was talking about how productive and they were being and what they had to show for lockdown and it was really quite a struggle at the time yeah I agree I feel like there were generally speaking kind of two groups of people in terms of how you felt about your experience with the first lockdown I feel like the second one has been a different experience and we'll delve into that in a little bit but 
talking about this first lockdown, I feel like people either were really overwhelmed with the sudden massive amount of time that they had on their hands and didn't know what to do with it and couldn't translate that time into productivity, even though logically speaking, there was more time there free to do stuff than you ever would normally have. And then there were the other people who kind of went into overdrive and ended up being like, like crazy productive and um, which wasn't necessarily a good thing either i feel like there's no right way to do it because it was such an unprecedented time but um like em's kind of delved into she was kind of in the group of people who struggled with that amount of time i feel like i was on the opposite end of the spectrum and i actually ended up being really really busy throughout lockdown obviously in a distanced and lockdown way but essentially at the beginning of lockdown I started an online yoga teacher training program it wasn't meant to be online it was meant to be in the studio but Rona <laughs> had her way with it um, and so <laughs> so we ended up doing online yoga teacher training which took me through the end of March until the beginning of June and um, I wasn't working but I was doing my yoga teacher training and I also decided to start putting out more content on YouTube so actually with the teacher training and with YouTube I ended up feeling like I was pretty much in a full-time job still even though I wasn't actually working at the time. Yeah I was put on furlough and then I ended up losing my job during that first lockdown and it just seemed like this amount of time that should have been productive but I've really realized during this experience during this year that my most productive times when it comes to my creative hobbies are when I'm busy during the day with a job. Definitely, when we move on to talking about second lockdown, that is something I've definitely had two very different lockdown experiences. And that's something that I've learned about myself. I feel like if I have all the time in the world to be productive, I almost feel overwhelmed. And then if I have limited time to be productive, I make the most of that time. And it was definitely such a struggle because it was also this, this really, really stressful time. I mean, it was a pandemic. This, this lockdown, this time around, we are a bit used to being in lockdown, but that first one was really, really high emotions, high intensity. And I saw something on Instagram the other day and it said, we need to remember that taking care of ourselves is productive. It's the most productive thing you can do. And I think that that kind of got lost in the first lockdown. That message wasn't really on social media. I think it's something that we've all learned that the way we measure productivity maybe needs to change and that creative and things and side hustles whilst they are productive maybe the most productive thing is thinking and constantly checking in with yourself and thinking am I taking care of myself especially during a global pandemic is that the most productive thing 100% I feel like it is really difficult when you have suddenly uh, an open-ended amount of time to think about how to fill it and I actually think part of the reason why my lockdown experience was more positive in terms of my attitude towards productivity was thanks to the fact that I was doing that yoga teacher training program because that was essentially like a marker of time because I knew that the program was going to last between March and June. I knew that there were certain milestones to hit within that program. There were assessments and tests and also just like a curriculum to follow and I feel like that in and of itself gave me a lot of structure that I perhaps normally would have gotten from a job and I don't know realistically whether I would have been so good at setting my own productivity levels if I didn't have something like that to guide me along the way and I think that taking up a large part of my time then kind of gave me the motivation to add in extra things like my YouTube and increasing content there but I definitely didn't have that experience of being left with no guidance on what to do and I do think that that helped me a lot. 
Yeah, it was just this kind of vast amount of time and nobody really knew when it was going to end. I think that's the thing. I mean, I feel like we keep saying we're going to be talking about the second lockdown, but I feel like it's natural to just kind of introduce that into the conversation. This one feels like a much more finite amount of time. And the first lockdown, it just kept getting extended and they're just... It was just so much time and so much pressure. I think now social media definitely has calmed down along with people's mindsets. I feel like people's mindsets have now eased into lockdown productivity and people are viewing it in an entirely different way. But as you say, in that first lockdown, especially in the first month or two, it was just so much pressure, both from... I was putting pressure on myself. I was thinking, why can't I be productive? I should have written a book by now. I should be producing three videos a week. And I feel like... I've also, I had that pressure for myself and also from the internet and not intentionally because people were using social media and posting about productivity and positivity as a way to kind of keep their self, their selves in check and to improve their own mental health. But it was a little bit of a toxic atmosphere. And I feel like we've all learned kind of from that first lockdown. Yeah, I feel like the way that people are responding to lockdown on social media this time is very different um i feel like in general this one is less of a global experience because a lot of countries have now kind of gone off on their own different tangents and are responding to things in different ways which means that like unlike in march when pretty much the entire world went into lockdown it's not quite that same experience but also in general i think there was no escaping it last time around because, you know, from people like Joe Wicks creating like daily workouts online oh, gosh, so that people yeah. had things to do, um, to people like talking about their lockdown baking or of course about their side hustles. I feel like people were kind of just trying to mark the time and also stay in contact with people because it was kind of one of the only ways that you could stay connected but that did have kind of the side effect of leaving people who weren't knowing what to do with their time or weren't feeling comfortable with the situation feeling even less productive by default whereas I think this time around I've seen a really helpful quote which essentially is like that we're not all in the same boat but we are all in the same storm and so although we are going through this like collective experience it doesn't mean that we all have to experience it in the same way and whilst being productive might be a really healthy coping mechanism for other people like for some people for others that doesn't necessarily be how you have to deal with it and like it just there's no pressure I think or there shouldn't be a pressure for everyone to have to deal with something such a big event as this as well in the same way because that just doesn't no one size fits all exactly and also a lot of people find fulfillment in their job and then that job got taken away and they had all all that free time for me right now obviously my job I find a lot of fulfillment but in that first lockdown I was working as a barista and I definitely knew I needed a career change that I wanted a career change And for me, all my other creative hobbies were a source of productivity, of happiness. And so there was that pressure to be productive and a lot of people in the same boat in the creative industries on the side of their jobs had a lot more time to do those hobbies. But I think people that their jobs are their main source of fulfillment and there's so many people like that and I respect them so, so much, were left with that was taken away. They were put on furlough and then there was a lot of free time to fill and not necessarily they didn't not everyone had stuff immediately that they knew how to fill it and there was almost pressure put on people saying well what are you doing beyond your job and I really disagreed with that because everyone has their own set of things in life that give them fulfillment and give them satisfaction and it doesn't necessarily have to be racing around all hours of the day filming content writing doing art all of these different things because everyone is different and I feel like 
there was this pressure for everyone to almost be the same and be reacting the same, but everyone reacted differently. And definitely I feel like slowly as we approach lockdown two, that that mindset begun to change. And I did feel so much less pressure going into the second lockdown. Yeah, I think it's that combination of our understanding of the experience, of knowing how much of a toll it can take on people, the emphasis that I think a lot of people are now putting on looking after your mental health in any way that works for you, emphasis on finding what works for you and your particular situation, and also, yeah, the fact that we just kind of have an end in sight, at least, you know, a provisional one, has just made this entire experience, like, very, very different. Um, I'm still someone who likes to fill my time with lots of things, but I feel like there's maybe a misconception that people who do like to do that and do share it online would judge someone else for not having that same reaction, but at least talking from my own perspective, I absolutely would never judge anyone else for the way that they respond to any situation. I just feel like everyone needs to find out what works for them and their personal, like, lifestyle, basically. Definitely. I think this has been actually a year for a lot of people of self-reflection and of learning the type of people that we are and how we respond to situations and how we choose to be productive. I think a big lesson for me this year was learning that in order to be productive, I do have to check in with myself and I do have to take care of myself. I think in the first half of number one lockdown, I really was putting so much pressure on myself, was dealing with a lot like everyone was. I mean, it was this huge thing. It is this huge thing to happen to the world. And I really wasn't taking care of myself. But the moment that I began to change that, my productivity changed as well. In the second half of the first lockdown, I started a book that I have now finished writing that is something that I am so proud of. And I couldn't have written it in that first half because I was putting too much pressure on myself. I was forcing myself to be productive and it just, it was, it just produces negative results. And so now that I've learned that in order to be productive, I have to take care of myself. That's how I've gone into lockdown too. I really do check in with myself. I write reasonable to-do lists. I give myself time to rest because resting is productive. Like I feel so refreshed and ready to tackle my creative projects if I rest. So definitely learning what is productive. I think there's such a kind of assumption that something for something to be productive, you have to have a tangible end result or something you can hold, something you can show people. But taking care of yourself and giving yourself time to refresh and relax and rest is one of the most productive things you can do. And I I definitely didn't view that at the beginning of the year. But now I feel like after reflecting on productivity going into lockdown too, I'm just taking it as such a more leisurely pace. And it's actually giving me a lot more motivation to do the things I want to do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think my big takeaway from this whole experience is no matter how well you feel like you're coping or how not well you might be coping with something, um, rest is always one thing to go back to. I think it can refresh you and bring you a lot more like vitality if you are kind of running yourself into the ground. And if you're also struggling with not knowing what direction to go in, taking time to rest and reflect is productive and I think either way you look at it rest comes down to being one of the most important things because if you're not taking care of yourself in that way then you've got no hope of being productive in any other way so I'd say the big takeaway from this is be kind to yourself don't put any pressure on yourself in lockdown especially but just in life in general to achieve things on other people's timelines you just got to work in your own way meet your own targets but don't put too much pressure on yourself and just be nice 
to yeah. yourself. Be nice to yourself, be nice to others, and always remember that what you see on social media and other people's side hustles isn't necessarily a reflection of what every single person is doing and the people that are doing those things do not expect everyone else to be like that too yeah so those are our thoughts on lockdown productivity and I guess a little bit of productivity in general it's been really interesting I think to see that transformation from what we were thinking about in March and June at the end of that first lockdown to how we feel now and I do think although on the whole there's been a lot of negatives from this experience in general for the world has also been a really good opportunity just to check in with yourself and make sure that you are being nice to yourself and just taking time for you definitely And then jumping into what I think I can safely say is both of our most highly anticipated and most exciting part of this podcast, (laughs) our agony ant section. So I've got my agony ant hat on. I'm ready to delve into some dilemmas. So Em, do you have our first question? I do have our first question. I'm sat here on Zoom grinning like an idiot because I'm just (laughs) so excited for this section. So the first question that we chose to answer is, how do you deal with comparison? And I feel like because we are both on, have quite a heavy social media presence, anyone that is on social media knows that comparison is everywhere. It's so easy to compare yourself to others on social media, also in real life, but I think a lot of comparison is heightened by social media. So I feel like we have definitely both experienced this. Definitely. Um, And kind of going back to what we've just been talking about, about lockdown, it was a time of obviously isolation, but also so much heavy usage of social media because that was one of the only ways you could connect with the outside world. And I think that led to a lot of comparison. And it's so tricky because you don't always compare yourself intentionally in a negative way but when you start noticing similarities between you and someone else it's not ever at least in my case um, a judgment or wishing for someone else to not do well but it's kind of just a negative self-reflection where you wonder why you're not doing as well as someone else. Yeah I think that's so true it's never when I compare myself to others on the internet I'm never thinking badly of them it's more a reflection of the way I feel about myself and it's so easy to do I think Definitely, when you're in these fields of creativity, of writing, I always compare myself to other how much other people are writing, when they're writing, how productive they're being, going back to that original conversation. Or on YouTube, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people's content. And in real life, it's so easy, especially in the stage of life that we're at, where everyone seems to be at different paces. It's so easy to compare your timeline to someone else's. And I think the main thing I would say is to remember that everyone is on a different timeline and age really isn't a good marker of where people are at. I think definitely we're both in our early 20s and everyone is doing such wildly different things and it's so easy to compare yourself to oh well that person's in a long-term relationship and I can't even get a text back or that person. (laughs) I didn't mean to aim that at you but I mean I guess we're here. (laughs) Yeah might as well talk about it. No but for real Um, it is um a struggle definitely a struggle. yeah yeah definitely it's just so easy to compare yourself to people on social media people in real life in your job in your social life everywhere I think definitely the way I t- try to see it is remembering that everyone is on a different timeline and you don't everyone is it's not a race everyone moves at their own pace everyone achieves things at a different rate and it's just also I think for me personally when I look particularly on social media I try to see 
the way I view other people on the internet as a source of inspiration rather than comparison. And it is so hard to, to do. It's very easy to say, but it is hard to do. But instead of looking at a really good YouTube video and thinking, I could never make that, I think, well, I could make that. I'm going to use this as inspiration. And I think that reframing comparison has been a big step in me comparing myself to others less. Although that is by no means to say that I don't compare myself to others because I feel like I do still. It's really hard to train yourself not to do that. But I think definitely seeing others as inspiration and also like-minded people. If me and Kira had just constantly compared each other on YouTube, when that is actually how we met, we met through YouTube, we would never have met. I feel like being inspired by each other and you know seeing it as actually a source of we're like-minded, we like the same things, has led to such an amazing friendship that I value so much. But if I had compared myself to Kira, I don't know if we ever would have got there. No, it is definitely like, I think, I have a few nuggets of wisdom I think I'd like to share with this one. <laughs> I'm because I think comparison is such a varied topic and I think the first thing is that there are so many different ways you can compare yourself and some of those ways are completely I emphasize completely futile if I am say comparing my blue eyes to M's brown eyes and saying oh my god I wish I had her eyes they're so lovely or whatever it might be <laughs> do you actually think that that's so I'm blushing <laughs> I mean, they are lovely, but like, it just, you know, no matter how much I might admire your eyes or you might like mine, I'm never going to have them because they're in your head and not in my head. So there are certain types of comparison, especially physical comparisons that I think are really difficult to avoid because we are in a very like aesthetics focused society. But those are the types of comparisons that I would just try to train your mind not to think about if you find yourself thinking about something just think no I don't need to think about that and just train yourself away from it because those comparisons are absolutely never going to serve you so that is the first thing the second types of comparisons are like Em's touched on are kind of like timeline comparisons where maybe your friend from school has just gotten engaged or you know someone's just gotten a new promotion at work or whatever it might be someone's just bought a new Range Rover and you're thinking like why have I not just bought a new Range Rover (laughs) and and I think those types of comparisons you just need to come back to does something serve you and think like why do I actually think that I want that is it because it's actually something that I want and therefore I can build into my goals to try and achieve it such as working up the career ladder if someone has gotten a promotion that you really wanted and you genuinely want it then you can build that into your goals and think okay I'm not there now but I can work towards it but if you're just thinking that someone's gotten a promotion and you think oh I should get that but actually you're happy with where you're at and you're only thinking that because society puts pressure on you to try and earn more and more money all the time then just maybe come back to it again and think about whether or not that's a comparison that's actually serving you and then the final type of comparison I think is the one where you can find inspiration maybe people who are like-minded like Em and I who have similar types of platforms online and lots of other people like us um, where you can find inspiration and see people who are doing really cool things and just think wow that's amazing I'm so glad to be in a community where people are able to share creativity and that we can all experience all of these similar ideas but in our own individual way and so I guess the the draw out from all of that (laughs) is that individuality is so important and whilst comparison is really natural I think knowing that you're an individual is so important because imagine if everyone was the same 
that this would podcast wouldn't be happening <laughs> like not like would any nothing would get created because everything would just be so so dull um and I think definitely that's the lesson I've learned from yoga is that comparison is often so pointless because everything is so different and not only is everyone so different you can also be so different from yourself from one day to the next or in a yoga class literally balancing on one side to the other can be so different and so drawing those comparisons often doesn't serve you so I think there are some select circumstances where comparison can help you feel inspired and can drive you to be the best version of yourself but I think in a lot of ways comparison is something that you should just kind of often ask yourself like why am I trying to draw these comparisons I really agree and I think you have to remember that especially on social media but also in the conversations that we have with acquaintances or colleagues people present a highlight reel in order to help themselves feel positive about their own lives but also because it is just fun to create this image of a highlight reel especially on places like Instagram and other platforms but you have to remember that the things that people post on Instagram or the stories that people tell when they catch up with a friend that they don't catch up with that often aren't the same as your lowest moments. You can't compare your lowest moments to somebody's highest moments. It's just not comparable. You're comparing things that really aren't the same. And I think that is something that I have definitely had to learn. And if this year has also taught us anything, it's that life is such a roller coaster and things can change and take a turn, different turn at any moment. And so you really can't compare timelines because everyone's timelines can change so dramatically, so quickly. And I just think Comparison never gets you anywhere. I feel like you just have to really respect yourself as an individual and try and, as Kira said, train your mind to view it in other frames. So that was our first Agony Ant question. I hope we did a good job of answering that. Um, do you have our second Agony Ant question? I do indeed. And this one comes back to our topic of the week, which is lockdown, because someone has asked us how to stay positive during lockdown. And then they've also added on, especially if you live alone. Now, just to clarify, I don't live alone. I actually live in quite a busy household um, with Jay, my boyfriend and his family. And so there are lots of people around me. So I definitely can't speak to that staying positive whilst living alone. But I will talk about generally how I stay positive. And I think that comes down to routine a lot of the time I think when you lose the structure of everyday life um, when you're going out to work every day seeing friends and family and basically you just have a lot more things on that helps you to frame time a lot and I think it helps life to just seem a little bit more stable so I would say give yourself a routine it doesn't need to be anything fancy um it can be just as simple as like giving yourself like maybe set meal time so you make sure that you're still like looking after yourself in terms of eating like good food and just taking care of yourself and um, set times maybe to focus on different activities obviously if you're still working from home that will give you a little bit of structure there but then if you're not working from home that makes this routine all the more important and I think setting time to maybe watch tv um have a shower even um read a book listen to a podcast go out for a walk maybe do some exercise all that kind of stuff and kind of giving yourself a structure helps time to seem a little bit less daunting and then I'd also say that it comes down to like the little things you know this is a difficult time for a lot of people because the whole world has kind of been turned on its head um and so I think allowing yourself just to indulge, maybe spend a little bit more time watching TV than you normally would, eat the foods that make you happy, um, 
buy yourself a new set of pajamas that's something I did this week to make myself feel better in second lockdown Um, and just all of those little things I think can build up to an overall positive experience so not too much pressure nothing major just be positive um, about the little things and give yourself a routine knowing this is all temporary I love that answer I feel like I have had a little bit of a different experience During lockdown one, I was living with someone else, but this time around, I have had a lot more time on my own. And so I can vouch for that, especially if you live on your own part. But first of all, I just want to tackle this by saying, one thing that I'm trying to work on with myself, and I know that it's a flaw that I have, is that I never allow myself to be negative or to feel down. And I actually think that in the long run, that means that I have an underlying sense of negativity or an underlying sense of sadness for a longer period of time. And so what I will say is that, obviously this is a question about how to stay positive, but if you are feeling down, there is something to be said about letting yourself feel down and letting yourself have that period of sadness or night where you don't feel as great as you do on other nights because I think that is productive in working to stay positive I think life and the way we view society is so much about staying positive and to focus on the positive but it is okay to be negative sometimes it is a really really crazy situation that we're in right now and if you do feel down there is nothing wrong with feeling down but what I will say moving on from that is that my tips for staying positive are Like Kira said, to focus on the little things. For me, a morning coffee, a walk by the Minster in the morning or in the afternoon, reading a brand new book that I've just bought and I can't wait to get my hands on or, you know, writing a new project or just any, the little things that I really, really love and bring me joy, they definitely help me to stay positive in lockdown. And I will say like, when it comes to living on my own, I think something that's really helped is just really focusing like you said on routine getting up in the morning for work has really helped I know it's very difficult if you want in work at the moment if you're on furlough if you're job hunting that is obviously we have we are privileged to have those jobs and I think that that is a different conversation entirely but I think having a routine of any kind whether that be getting up and going for a walk making sure you eat three meals like Kira said making sure that you fit in some time for reading or whatever it is that helps you to stay in a routine that is really important and I find that living on my own, keeping in contact with people, FaceTime people, phone people, chat to people online, and just having things like noise around makes me feel less alone in lockdown. I've listened to a lot of podcasts this couple of weeks whilst we've been in lockdown. I've watched a lot more TV than I normally would because I like to have it on in the background, listen to more music. It really helps me to feel like I'm not on my own and just those things really help me to stay positive. But as I've said, it is completely okay to feel the ramifications of the situation because it is a negative situation. Like we can try and stay positive, but it is okay if you need to take a moment to be sad. 100%, I actually think that was so important. So I'm really glad you brought that up because <laughs> you know, all emotions are valid. Like we feel them for a reason. Like it's not, you know, normal to only be happy. I think it is normal to process emotions, especially when it's such a difficult time. And so, you know, this is probably not the best situation the world has been and so it's okay if you're not your best self in this situation however what I will say is that it is so important to recognize when that maybe negativity or sadness um kind of goes beyond that feeling of oh I just don't feel that happy about the situation and starts to eat into your everyday life and impact your ability to like take care of yourself and in those situations I would say absolutely reach out and get the support that you need um on the whole because if you genuinely are really really struggling then it's really important to get the help that you need in that situation 
definitely there's just no shame in expressing your emotions and accepting that there are some emotions that no amount of candles or hot chocolate or new pajamas will solve and that is absolutely fine too this is such uh as they've said so many times on the news unprecedented time and everyone reacts in different ways and every single reaction to this situation is completely completely valid yep could not agree more (laughs) i feel like we haven't done too bad at being agony ants here I know, I'm feeling quite proud of us actually. I think maybe we both need a career path change out of marketing and into the world of being professional agony ants um, because we did pretty good. But if we ever get a question about dating, then I will be in over my head and it will be down to you. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to lie, I'll be in over my head as well because I really have very, very little experience given I've had just the one but very successful relationship. So I'm also no expert on dating. So that wraps up our first episode of the We're Spinning Plates podcast. We really hope you enjoyed listening. We had so much fun doing it. This is definitely a bucket list situation for me. I'm just so excited to put this content out there. Honestly, it is so, so exciting to see this finally coming to fruition and that we've actually like officially started this podcast. Like there's no going back now. We have (laughs) pressed record and it's coming out to you whether you like it or not. But I really do hope that you do like it. We act like we haven't pressed record 20 million times trying to get this right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. How many times have we said welcome to the West Fitting Plays podcast? I feel like every time I have to say, and I'm M. (laughs) (laughs) a little part of my soul just chips off and flies away (laughs) but I I feel like we have successfully finished our first episode of the podcast and I really really do hope that you have all enjoyed it so if you want to find us on social media you can find me at Kira's Corner Kira is C-I-A-R-A underscore on Instagram so Kira's Corner underscore and then Kira Foster on YouTube and of course if you have any agony ant questions that you'd like to send to us then Instagram is probably the best place because we are on there quite a lot and then you can make sure that they stay anonymous as well in the DMs. Yeah definitely agony ant questions will always be anonymous and you can DM us on Instagram. I am always also on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at a little writer M and I'm always up for a chat if you couldn't tell by this podcast so feel free to DM me with any questions or requests. And I think that is going to bring this episode to an end and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for watching. Bye.